right, well, hey gang, my name is Micah Yost, and I am so excited to welcome you to the second episode of the Gather Omaha podcast. Uh, the Gather Omaha podcast is brought to you by Aromas Coffee House and is specifically the brainchild of myself and Autumn Pruitt, who is the owner of Aromas Coffee House. And we wanted to create for you a platform to hear the stories of some great people that come in and out of our coffee houses every day downtown and in Benson and are doing just uh, amazing things in the Omaha community. And we wanted you to hear about what they're doing and what they're working on and maybe give you an opportunity to expand your horizons just a bit and hear about some new and different things and that are going on in our city. So that is the goal of this podcast and we're so excited to bring you a second episode. Our first episode, uh, we had some great community development people uh, that joined us, a panel of four awesome people here in Omaha that talked about uh, what their nonprofits are doing to make our community better. And on the second episode of the podcast, I had the opportunity to sit down at our live event in Benson with three awesome uh, ladies here in the Omaha community that are charged with uh, developing and protecting and curating the information that our community has access to. And they do that through uh, libraries. So I sat down with uh, Rebecca Stavik, who is uh, directing the new Do Space project at 72nd and Dodge. Uh, I sat down with Wendy Townley, who is in charge of the Public Library Foundation, the Omaha Public Library Foundation. And then uh, Mickey Dietrich, who is doing community development and, and much, much more with the Omaha Public Library. And uh, these three women have a very unique perspective on the information and the opportunities that our community has access to, uh, and specifically through the library system. And the library is such a deep and rich uh, opportunity for our community. It goes so much deeper than the books that you check out and take home to read, though that is a very important part. And so it was fun to talk to them about what does a library system mean to the Omaha community? How does it make it make us a stronger, healthier, uh, better community? So we had a great conversation. I, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, there will be notes and, and links to getting involved, more about them, all available on our website, aromasbliss.com slash gatheromaha. So feel free to visit that and get more information about these three ladies and the things that they're working on. So here is the live event in its entirety, and I'll be back on the other side to wrap things up. You might think, why are we using microphones? We're all in a pretty small room. Well, this is being recorded for a podcast, and so this will be up online on our website, and we're also putting that on SoundCloud. So anybody that can hear my voice right now, even if you're not in the room, we're so glad you're tuning in. So I'm gonna hand the microphone over to Micah Yost here, and he is gonna take it from here. All right. We also just got approved on iTunes, so you can go subscribe to our podcast. <laughs> it's a big deal, I know. Not just anyone can be on iTunes. It's not true. Okay, uh, this is gonna be a lot of fun. All right, so thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. Um, we are gonna keep most of these questions pretty open. I'll just kind of toss it out to you and you can kind of just uh, take it as you will. But the first question we will not, because uh, it's a little specific, I'd like to just grab kind of the elevator pitch about each of your organizations so we can just get a little context to each of you and, and what, you're, what you're doing. So let's start here on the end with Mickey and we'll kind of work our way down. Um, as Autumn said, I'm Mickey Dietrich. I'm from the Omaha Public Library. Um, my role at there at the Public Library is the Community Engagement and Outreach Coordinator. Um, I want to say that Omaha Public Library is about you and for you. You have already paid for our service through your tax dollars, <laughs> and you should get out there and check out books and check out everything we have because we have a lot of things for everybody. So. Awesome. 
And what do you, t- tell me, Mickey, just like a little bit about your day-to-day work. Like, what are you doing each day? It's a little bit of project management, a okay. little bit of community relationships, okay. and a little bit of um, reference question answering. So if you come into the library and you ask a question, I'm one of the people who answers your question awesome. at the library. Okay, good deal, good deal. Uh, Rebecca, tell us what you're doing. Yeah, my name is Rebecca Stavik. I'm the executive director of Do Space at 72nd and Dodge. I'm sure you've seen the old borders there under construction. Um, my background is in libraries, but I'm also a co-founder of Open Nebraska, which is a civic hacking um, open data tech group. And Do Space is a community technology library and innovation space for the public. And there are two really big things that Do Space is looking to accomplish, and that is increasing access to technology, um, whether that's basic access, like I need to use a computer, or I need to come in and uh, use the internet. Um, all the way through more advanced access to hardware and software that um, is a little hard to come by, just uh, freely available to the public. The other thing we're really looking at is learning opportunities, really innovative, unique, tech-oriented learning opportunities for the public that's totally free. So those are the two kind of big things that Juicebeast has going on, and we are opening in early November. So. Yes, I drive by the building every so often. It seems to be getting closer and closer from the outside, so it's exciting. Uh, Okay, Wendy, uh, give us a little lowdown on on what you're up to. So uh, the Omaha Public Library Foundation has been around 30 years. Um, Our 30th anniversary is actually this September, and our sole role is to raise funds and advocate for Omaha Public Library. Um, OPL is funded like many library other systems, other library systems around the country, in that 85 to 90 percent of its dollars come from tax dollars, as Mickey mentioned, public dollars fees. Um, The remainder comes from private dollars, and that's where I come in. Um, I serve as development director. We have another person in our office, uh, Sandra Lydon, who works with me, um, and we're a two-person nonprofit. We have to raise all of our operating expenses every year, as well as what we contribute to the library um, based on their needs each year on top of special projects. Um, One of the recent projects that I'm pretty proud of um, was purchasing the digital archives of the Omaha World Herald for OPL, uh, $700,000 price tag, so not cheap, um, but I'm thrilled that we were able to secure that um, important um, funding for this project, so the library now owns those archives um, forever, and it's starting, it's dating back to when the library, when the uh, newspaper was founded in 1887 up until 1983, so um, the in its 30-year history actually started um, when OPL needed to digitize its card catalog. Um, at the time, we were the first library, or one of the last library systems in the country to still have the very, what are now chic, um, card catalogs <laughs> to look up your books. So it was a need that Um, volunteers and donors looked at each other and said, we think we can raise the money for that. And as a result of that, in a very grassroots way, the foundation was born, and now we're 30 years old. So just for a little perspective, uh, so the library is technically a branch of the government. 
Yes, right. it's a city department, just mm-hmm. like the okay. police department or the parks department or planning department. It's just like the, any of the other city departments. Okay, so obviously it's regular operating budget is like a tax-funded yeah, operating budget. Yeah, it's partially funded by your city taxes, and okay. we also get um, something from the county to cover the county residents okay. who aren't part of the city in that way. And so then is most of the um, the nonprofit side, like just raising money for special projects? Yeah. yeah. The okay. way that we describe it is the public dollars keep the doors open, they keep the lights on, the heat, the AC on, kind of the very basics. The foundation comes in and we raise private dollars to pay for programs and services that you attend, um, summer reading program, genealogy workshops, uh, children's literacy, adult literacy, some special staff development. So without those private dollars from our donors, we would just be 12 buildings with books. Right. Yeah. A little less interesting. Yes, considerably. Okay, so let's let's talk about libraries for a minute, like, and and not specifically like you know a branch of the Omaha Library, but just the general concept of a library and what it is. Um, we'll kind of get into, and this conversation will go towards what libraries, you know, how they're relevant now and what we're using them for now, which, which is great. But just to get a little historical context, talk a little bit about like what has the role of a library been to a community? Like how did that kind of get its foundation in a community? Why did it become important in the first place? Where did this whole thing kind of start? I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> you can have start. Oh, Rebecca has an okay, great Rebecca. answer. So go with that. I've got a little bit of an answer to that. And that is that um, libraries are ancient. They are thousands of years old. There has always been a need in society for an organi- for there to be an organization or a group to um, make information accessible to the people in society so that they can make better decisions, so that they can um, you know, have opportunities. And so to me, libraries, whatever it is that they offer, whether it's information, access, learning, et cetera, they are really founded on opportunity. And, um, you know, there's, you know, if you ever read like HuffPost or like any kinds of things on the internet, it's like, are libraries relevant? And it's all really scary. You know, I, I think about that. I think, you know, libraries have been around for thousands of years, and there's a really good reason for that. And um, I am not really concerned about the future of libraries in the long term because. Um, you know, people in society will always need access to information, and um, that's just kind of like a very basic core need. And um, so, yeah, to, to talk about the history of libraries two, 2,000 years ago or whatever. <laughs> uh, to add to that a little bit, libraries in America really started with the birth of America. I think the first public library, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, the first public library in America was the Philadelphia Free Library in Philadelphia. So, I mean, that is the, the very crucible in which our country was born out of. Libraries in America were also born out of that. Well, and I think it's important, just like for coffee shops, um, libraries are gathering places in the community, and people in their neighborhood take ownership of their branch, and they love it. Um, show of hands, how, and Amy and the OPL staff cannot answer this question, but how many of you know that there is a Benson Branch Library literally a stone's throw away? Ooh, okay, more yes. than I thought. I am I, now I less cynical. <laughs> but anyway. 
anyway, that's one of the things that we found, and I found just in my time working for OPL, that the patrons who use their branches are very protective and take such pride in them. And I think that's another big piece that when people say, do we need libraries because everything is on the internet, the answer is, of course we do. Do we still need coffee shops because we can make coffee at home? Of course we do. Yes. <laughs> So buy your coffee. <laughs> and for small towns, for yes. small towns all across Nebraska and all across America, library is usually the only public gathering place where you don't have to buy anything. Like most of the small towns and even in Nebraska, I mean, they have a library, but they also have like a coffee shop and you know, but the library is the place that's free and everyone can go and is open to everyone and you don't have to buy anything and you don't have to be a member. You, you can just go there because it's a, a place, it's a community place for everyone. So we fast forward a bit, and we all consume information a little differently today than we did five years ago and 20 years ago, and it's kind of just changing like mad now, right? There's just there's information everywhere, and we all get it all kinds of ways. So tell me a little bit about maybe how the library, if it has, had to adjust to that, and maybe any adjustments you might see coming. How does because I, I don't want to use that word like stay relevant, really, because I agree with you that, that it's a little silly. It's a little, I don't know, it seems a little doomsday, like, oh, no one's going to go to the library anymore, which doesn't yeah. seem true. Um, but, I mean, just talk about it in the sense of like adjusting to the internet and adjusting to, you know, how people live their lives now and how people read information now. I, for instance, buying, you know, the archives of the World Herald is, right. I, I think, a great example of that. Like, what are some other things that the library has had to do or might do in the near future to adjust? Well, I don't want to put Mickey on the spot, but I think so much of your community engagement work answers that question exactly, if you want to talk about, about it. A yeah. Bit. Okay. So I'm, as I said before, I'm the Community Engagement and Outreach Coordinator, and Omaha Public Library about five years ago wrote a strategic plan with the input of the entire community. A lot of community leaders were there giving us input, and what we heard um, was that this community wants their library to be involved in the community and to support the community in a number of different ways. Um, so the, the main goal of our strategic plan is to raise up all of the other organizations who are doing good work in Omaha. So we, um, we have partnerships with nonprofits and we try to get the information that people need into their hands as a support for all of the nonprofits in Omaha and all the people doing good work here. Uh, we would like to change Omaha and make Omaha a better place, but we can't do that ourselves. We have to, you know, work with everybody else and, and put partnerships together and build relationships and make this place better. So that's really what we're about and um, it's really going to drive libraries and forward in this country. Community engagement is like the hottest topic in library land right now. And Omaha Public Library is on the cutting edge of that hot topic. So we're really proud of that. So we were talking before this and you mentioned some of the specific things you were doing yeah. with community engagement. Can you mention just a couple of those? Because I found that very interesting. You talked about what help, uh, like the psych department helping like oh, some yeah. so, volunteers and... So the Omaha Public Library has, um, we received a grant about two years ago to do this um, really intensive facilitator training to train some of our staff members to be community facilitators in Omaha. And all of you guys who want a community facilitator, you just call me and I'll hook you up. But we've done a number of projects for different organizations in Omaha to help them further their goals. So one of the things that we did was that we, um, 
at UNO, um, there is a coalition of students and faculty and staff who want to make UNO the healthiest campus in the nation. So we had a meeting with them. Um, they had already kind of written a strategic plan and they had some goals, but they weren't solidified. And many of you guys know the academics, they can be a little bit long-winded. Um, and we helped them go take their goals and set some actionable plans. And um, they have a really ambitious goal of like doing this in five years. And I think that we help them move, move the needle a little bit, move along a little bit so that they can get to their goal more quickly. And that's what really I'm talking about. Like we're here to support organizations and people in Omaha um, as best as we can. So, And I will just add to, I think what the libraries in Omaha have done really well and across the country is realizing we can't just have our doors open, mm -hmm. have the vacuum, have the um, carpets vacuumed and smiling staff and just say, okay, well, we're here, just come visit us yeah. and then be angry when they don't. It's really staying relevant in the community and going to well where the people are and saying, oh, by the way, did you know that if you go to your local library, you can access this? Or if you go on our website from home using your library barcode, you can get this. Or did you know you can make a small donation and support your favorite program at your mm -hmm. library? So it's that education piece. Yeah. One thing I would um, kind of add, and I hate to do this, but I'm going to take you back into library history again. <laughs> uh, but the, you know, the term library, what that means has changed so much over time and will continue to change. Um, you probably don't know this, but when popular fiction hit libraries, it was like total scandal. Totally scandalous. Oh my God, people Big like deal. freaking out. Like, <laughs> what is this? Dime novels. Like, just, it was really interesting. And, you know, I, uh, I'm a former Omaha Public Library employee, uh, do spaces uh, operated by a, a nonprofit called Community Information Trust. But when I did work at Omaha Public Library, I would go through occasionally, on breaks, of course, I would go through um, you know, some of the historical stuff, because obviously I'm a history geek. And there are some really interesting archives about the history of Omaha Public Library. And I remember not long ago, maybe a year ago, opening one of these books. And it was talking about how proud uh, the city was for being able to send uh, an OPL librarian to the American Library Association conference, which is like the biggest library conference like in the 30, world. Like 30,000 librarians, yeah, if you can imagine insane. that. <laughs> but the, in, in these archives, this is in the mid-1930s, and the title of the conference was Libraries in a Changing World. <laughs> right? Like, we that was haven't 1930s, heard that. you said? It was said? in the 1930s. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure the, the theme of this year's conference was <laughs> Libraries in a Changing <laughs> World. I mean, it's just, it's history repeating itself over and over. And, you know, one of the ways that I believe libraries are continuing to change is in that, that definition of what the word means. And a very traditional uh, way to think of a library is it's a collection of information, that's it. Omaha Public Library is so much more than that. And then Do Space, to me, is I call it a technology library, a community technology library, because um, to me, a library is about having a really innovative, open, free, um, collaborative space for the community to come together, learn together, just like hack their way through life together, right? 
And so to me, and, and I, I think this is sort of reflected on a national scale as well, that libraries are beginning to, like, they're, you know, collections of information, they're doing community engagement, they're doing all kinds of different things, but um, thinking a little bit more about libraries as a, a collaboration space um, is... Or a collaboration incubator. Or, as an yeah, incubator, so absolutely. Come and test your ideas here. Across the country, libraries of all types have served entrepreneurs much more in the past few years um, and have almost kind of become co-working spaces and things. So there's just, a, you know, I think that core definition of what a library is will continue to evolve. On that front, uh, Wendy, are there projects right now that you feel like fit that mold that you're working on raising money for? I do. Could you maybe um, and I can tell you about tell them. Tell us a little bit about like. them. Yes. Yeah, so um, last year, in addition, I mentioned to our standard library support, we raised um, for the digital archives. This year, there's three key projects that we're fundraising for. The first is $100,000 for ebooks. Any one of these ladies will tell you, and those of you who consume uh, digital content, ebooks are huge. They are very popular um, on um, sites like Amazon.com, but they're also very popular within OPL. The other thing that I've learned um, through the fundraising for this is they are considerably more expensive than a traditional book. You would think not because it's just, you don't touch it, but however, you never destroy an ebook, you don't spill anything on it, your dog doesn't eat it. So publishers charge libraries. Um, and they set limits on the number of right. times you can check something they out. Do. So if they we do. buy a book, a hardback book, we can check that out as many times as we want until it, it's destroyed. Mm -hmm. But an ebook, it's, for some publishers, it's 26 times. That's how many times yeah. we can check out an ebook and then it is gone. Huh, yeah, and so like within OPL, there's wait lists for ebooks just like anything else. So we are going to our donors and saying clearly the stats show that our patrons love ebooks. They're expensive. We need more. So we're raising $100,000 for that. Um, one of the other projects is the creation of a toy library. Um, this is a $20,000 project, and it's essentially purchasing um, educational and somewhat expensive toys to go within our branches that will be distributed and um, borrowed by patrons just like any book or material will be um, for any parent, any educator in the community free with your library card. This was a passion project for Gary Wasden, our previous executive director, um, and so we are fundraising for that for sure. Um, and then the third project is a huge need that OPL has had for a while, and it's for a new, then to upgrade their um, online platform that is used to manage all of our patron information, checking out books, contact information, that sort of thing. So those are the three, I would say, extra projects that we're raising for this year. Yeah, and obviously that money is really important. I mean, it it, is. so do spaces uh, privately funded correctly? Yeah, so Do Space is a nonprofit organization that's entirely privately funded. Right. Um, and we are, all, the fundraising occurred for the whole project, you know, so, you know, redoing the building and all that stuff. And then um, for four full years of operations. So that we're really given this just incredible opportunity to like laser focus on the community and be able to um, change quickly as technology changes. So in the next four years, I mean, what is tech gonna look like in four years? I mean, what did it look like four years ago? It's a changing world. Right, we're it's in gonna right be, now. yeah. And just so, like the 1930s. Yeah, <laughs> just like the 1930s. Um, but yeah, so that idea of, of do space as an incubator uh, is, 
I mean, that's it's a really big deal. This is where you can kind of like launch an idea, and if it's a great idea, then who knows where it's going to go. So. so I just think it's, it's interesting, and this will kind of lead into my next question, I think, a bit, but I think you had mentioned, you know, the public funding, you know, keeps the lights on and keeps some smiling faces in the building, but to talk about this, you know, changing and adapting, like it takes a lot of these private funds to, you know, get these big initiatives through or to open new spaces like New Space. Um, that's all privately funded. That's not coming from our wonderful city. That's right. Well, the wonderful people in our city, just not necessarily the wonderful tax dollars we all pay. Yeah. And I digress. Okay, so um, <laughs> there's been uh, a little bit of public debate recently about the budget. I'd say a lot. Of okay, public yeah. maybe a and lot. And it's of every it. year. Not just recently. Yeah. yeah, it's every single year. This seems yeah. to come up, right? And yeah. we all want to talk about how much money we're going to give the library. Um, I was I was reading a bit about that, and some of the perspectives I was seeing were um, people wanting us to have a leading library system in our city, right? Which seems like a noble goal. Um, give me your perspective on like why is that important to us now? I mean, we've talked a little bit about the history of the library and just the information and, and how that's important for people. We've talked about what the systems are doing to, to stay current, but specifically about Omaha, like why is the system important to Omaha? Why is it important that it's good? Sure. I think that our um, library board president said it the best. His name is Mike Meyer. He said it in a quote in one of the articles that we deserve, Omaha deserves a world-class library. We have a world-class zoo. We have a world-class um, entertainment space in the Holland Center. Why can't we have a world-class library to support our, our organizations and our patrons and our public so that we can be a world-class city? Don't we deserve that? I sure think so. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, to, to kind of piggyback on what Mickey said, you, you look at all of the other big, shiny, amazing things that this city offers. And granted, we can't just talk about real estate, the CenturyLink Center, TD Ameritrade. Um, this is one where one of our donors had said just last week to me, she said, you know, I'm tired of Omaha Public Library always being like second best or always being, we have this and this, and we have a pretty good library. It's the library. Um, um, deserves it, our patrons deserve it, um, and I think from a uh, usage standpoint, looking at the people who use our library and the people who have yet to discover our library, the interest is certainly there. But you're right, money is a is a hot topic. It's a it's a constant topic. It's a debate where, um, granted, we do have private dollars through our foundation that supports the library, but it is not our role to pick up the slack every time the mayor or the city decides to reduce funding. And that's a, sometimes a hard conversation to have with people. Rebecca, um, just to kind of lead into this conversation a little bit, I'll ask you first, and then I'd love to hear from you, you ladies as well. Like, cast a little vision for me. Like, what does Omaha look like with a world-class library system? What might be different, better, you know, continue to get better, et cetera, with that system in place? Yeah, well, you know, something I had mentioned a little bit earlier is that I view libraries as places of opportunity, um, no matter what kind of library that is. I mean, that could be a public library, library in a school, academic library, nonprofit library, which is kind of a whole new thing. Um, so speaking kind of just generally about libraries, 
I think that their benefit to society is um, really founded in economic development. Um, you know, if you want to learn and you want to um, kind of better yourself, I mean, I don't know where else in society you would go for something like that. So, you know, to me, it's a place where people can go and really improve themselves, learn new skills. Um, you know, libraries across the country just offer you access to stuff that you can't get anywhere else, or it's stuff that you would have to buy. If you don't have the money to pay for it, then, you know, so in general, I think a library brings a lot, any kind of library brings a lot of benefit um, because it's sort of leveling the, play, the playing field. It's, um, it's about bringing access to, to folks who, you know, don't have access, so. And do, and providing that access for free through your library card. Um, one of the things that I know has been kind of an eye opener for me since I joined the foundation last year is uh, the technology gap which Do Space is, is working to address and OPL for that matter. It's very safe to say that we have phones in our pockets, we have tablets, we have laptops, we have refrigerators that have Wi-Fi, my television has Wi-Fi um, at home. Many people in our community don't have that type of technology in their homes, or they have an a older computer in their home, but they can't afford the internet. And it is evident that we are quickly moving and we're already at a place where life and decisions and opportunities are being had online, and we have to make that available to everybody, just like for how many years you would have people who maybe couldn't afford the latest bestseller, but they deserve to read it just like anybody else, so they got it at their library. So many, well, the majority of job applications, of public benefits assistance, of really anything that you want to do with the government or with businesses is online. You can't apply for a job unless you can get access to a computer. It's nearly impossible to do that. So. And in terms of access, the digital divide is fairly pronounced in Omaha. It's a problem here as it is in most cities and communities. But, um, you know, the digital divide itself is slowly becoming not the number one issue, and the number one issue is then digital skills, right? That's interesting. More yeah. and more people have access somehow. They have access through a phone or a computer. Or they have access at school or, or wherever. But it's, it's kind of, you know, taking digital skills and taking it to the next level to ensure that our communities are prepared for what's coming. Right, and I'm talking about the Internet of Things, I'm talking about drones, I'm talking about all the crazy fun stuff that is coming down um, the pike. So for me, you know, any kind of library that, that helps people kind of get access to that is um, really great benefit, so. Yeah, that's good. So it's, but in the end, it, it's creating a stronger community, a better workforce, all of these things, right, are coming out of more informed community. And I think it's informed. really yeah. important yeah. that libraries are a place where people can find out information about um, the political system in Omaha and in this country. In order to have informed voters and informed citizens and a, a true democracy, we have to be able to educate people on those things. So. Yeah. Affordable Health Care Act. Uh, yeah. I mean, OPL made it, made their librarians, and you guys can speak to this, available to let people come in and say, well, let's see what you what you are um, eligible to receive for people who never thought they would have health care, or they thought, well, I don't have a computer, so clearly I can't log online and see. Yeah, we I did mean, that, that through a huge. really great community partnership um, in order to make that happen, and we're really proud of what we could do. 
And kind of this piece on like information access, um, DoSpace is much more sort of tech and community type oriented organization, but I think a little bit about how many people have told me about their anxiety about not being able to stay up to date with tech, right? Like people mm -hmm. freak out and they're like, I can't, you know, I can't keep up. Things are changing so much and people, have, they just, all this anxiety. And I feel like for some people, technology makes them feel very isolated, you know? Um, so, you, you know, your daughter, your granddaughter gives you a, a Kindle, Fire HD, and what do you, I mean, how do you learn how to do that? I mean, unless you can go to a store, you have some sort of extended warranty plan, you know, there, there aren't a lot of places in society where you can just sort of go and learn about those things. And, and for me, you know, talking about do space, I really want to curate that sense of a community. I talk about do space in terms of a community tech movement, and I take that really seriously. I, I feel like people should be able to come together and learn things together rather than feel isolated and anxious, like I can't figure this out, so I'm just not going to, right? Because there's so many brilliant people out there who, um, They've got, they're incredibly intelligent. My mom is one of them. My mom's a professor, she's a linguist. She's one of the smartest women I've ever met in my life, but she really struggles with her Kindle, <laughs> right? And so she calls me and she's just like, this thing's not working, you know? And, and she gets really upset about it. And it, there's so many people like that. And um, so to me, having kind of a community space where you can learn those things as part of a group is just so vital, so. Okay, uh, it's very interesting. I could ask questions for hours, but I won't, because I'll run out of recording room on my recorder. Um, I want to get to some questions out here, so I'm going to ask one more kind of brief question and then be thinking if you have a question. Uh, we'd love to hear it from you. Uh, just give me, each of you, briefly, maybe there's some things that people might be surprised to know will, are at the library or available through the library, or Rebecca, like, some things that will be at do space that might kind of surprise people or they might not think about. I'd love to hear a few of those things. So give me a couple of those things. I'll jump in and I know it may seem silly, but free magazines. Stop subscribing to magazines except for Flyover. <laughs> Bryce, you're here. <laughs> it's an amazing publication, but your Oprah, your Shape, your HGTV, those are things that I read. Um, you get them all for free, the newest issues on your e-reader online. It's wonderful. I downloaded at least 15 magazines, more than I would ever read on a three-day road trip, and it was wonderful. So yeah, our app one. for that is called Zinio. So look that, for that on our website, Zinio. Yeah, I use Zinio, and awesome. they've got some techie nerd stuff, like 2600 on there, just FYI. So um, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so I am hoping to surprise you guys with so many things at DoSpace. But one of the things that's on my mind this week is something we've been looking a lot at as uh, double robots. I don't know if you've seen these. Robots sounds kind of like Transformers, but it's, it's I mean, not if, quite that. If a single robot is good, a double <laughs> robot double has robot, to be like yeah. real good. Right? How can you have too many robots? So, uh, <laughs> so a double robot is essentially just an iPad on this device that kind of looks like uh, a Segway. And what you do then is somebody can take control of the device, their little faces on the iPad, and they, kinda, they zoom around. They control the little device. 
And um, so we're looking at getting a few of these for due space. And there's so many different ways you could use this. You could have some kind of a subject expert come in and um, participate in a program, event, whatever. What if you had somebody who is um, homebound or they couldn't leave their home for whatever reason? We could actually send a link to that person. They could participate. So they would see, just from their computer, just using like their keypad, they would be able to move this little device all around. And um, they're really fun. They look really simple, but they are hilarious. And um, when you come to, to do space this fall, um, hopefully you can kind of play around with it. You'll want to just like jam it into a wall because you just like want to pedal to the metal because you can just like move it really quickly around a room and it's like this little really cute thing so yeah i will definitely come check those so so to clarify you can control that from not being at due space like from correct being somewhere like else. if we had one sitting in front of us we could send a link to somebody across the world and they could zoom in with their little picture on the ipad and then they control the little device and so it's like a webcam on a robot well, it's like an it's an iPad. Oh, it's okay. Kinda, it's got its own software, but it's it's an iPad. You just slip it into this device, and then they can kind of like zoom around. Oh, you guys are gonna love. I have it. something to Google when I get home. Yeah, <laughs> double robots. Super cute. And Mickey, anything else you think that would like surprise people that is available? Yeah, actually, I have two things. So okay. I mentioned one of them before is our community facilitation. So if you have a business or a nonprofit and you need help brainstorming or writing a vision, vision and mission statement, and we actually help do space do their vision and mission. Yes, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if you need help narrowing down choices or something, we have community facilitators who can come in and help your meetings be better. So. We do that. Better meetings is always a good thing. Oh, yeah. Who wants to sit through a crappy meeting? Yeah, I, Nobody. Well, I <laughs> sit in a lot of meetings. So that we did this facilitation project, and the meetings at our internal meetings at OPL have become so much more productive, like night and day. So we're pretty excited about that. The second thing that I want to tell you guys about is we have a database called lynda.com where you can take courses for free on a number of different things. So if you um, wanted to learn more about Microsoft Excel or something about grant writing or if you wanted to learn about, God knows, there's tons of different courses on there, you can do that for free from your home. So. Yeah, that one was shocking to me when yeah. I found that out because yeah. Lynda is expensive. Very expensive. And a lot of people use that. Yeah. I've used it and paid for it before, and it was not cheap. Yeah. If you it's have really a library good. card, you've already paid for it, so it is free. <laughs> I paid for it twice. And I'll mention something really quick about Lynda because I geek out on that pretty hard, and that is um, there's tons of developer and designer tutorials on there. So um, I remember looking through Linda when Heartbleed like hit the news. Within days, there was a, a short tutorial on Heartbleed and how that affects you know IT departments and stuff like that. So it's really fresh content. Mm -hmm. So check it out. OK. That's been really good. Like I said, I could keep going, but I won't. Uh, would love to take some questions from the folks that are here with us tonight. So any questions from the audience? I have a microphone right here, which I know feels intimidating, but I promise you it's not that bad. We won't bite you. Uh, anyone? Mm -hmm. Questions? Come on up, Weston. We'll, uh, I'll fill the space with awkward banter while you make your way up to the front. <laughs> or just awkward silence. Or awkward <laughs> silence. It's probably safer to go yeah. with awkward silence. Yes. 
Oh, hey, can you, uh, thank you. Jacob Byron Willis, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> OK, go ahead, Weston. Okay, I'm going to repeat the question because our mic's not working. So, Weston was just asking, we were talking about the budget. He's very curious. Who, like, is fighting the budget for the library or getting in the way of that? Us. Who, who fights against money for the library? Who gets in your way? And what do they want to do with that money instead of support literacy? Do you want to go? Yeah. For the children. Literacy for the children. For the children, 2015. For the children. For, <laughs> so our um, illustrious mayor, um, when she was elected, ran on a ticket of, for lack of a better term, Tea Party motivations. And she is very interested in um, cutting taxes for the public and um, making the what she thinks is the best use of public funds. Um, and the, in her mind, I think the best use of public funds does not include extras for the library. It's, she wants us to keep our doors open and keep our smiling faces there, but to do more um, with less. Yeah, with what we have now. And one of our um, Library Foundation board members puts it best, and I, I just feel all warm and fuzzy when she mentions this. She goes, the library is right up there with um, apple pie, baseball, and America. It's just <laughs> not something that's intended to be controversial. But unfortunately, every year, um, there seems to be that debate. And I will say, it isn't just Mayor Stother. This has been a occurrence that happens every year. But it's exactly how Mickey described it. Um, and it's unfortunate, but it, it but with our current mayor, it's been very much about making um, the taxpayers as happy as possible with lowering taxes with a number of costs. Um, and again, our position in this is challenging because um, there have been times that I've heard that uh, possibly she or other people in the administration have said, well, look over here at the fund, your foundation, they seem to be doing just fine. Why don't you just pick up the extra dollars that you need there and stop complaining? And we discussed this in a meeting today, and it's there has to come a point where um, the city needs to take care of its responsibilities. And just because we can doesn't mean we should. Um, Yet City Hall likes to say you'll get what we give you and you'll like it. And so it's this constant discussion. And it's really hard um, to be in the middle of that debate, which is very public because it's a public process and public dollars, which seems like it happens for eight months out of the year, when in actuality it doesn't. Um, but it, it's challenging, you know, and we have to field those questions from our donors as well and from the community who don't quite understand the public-private partnership. And I think uh, one of the things that Omaha Public Library doesn't do very well, and libraries in general in this country don't do very well, is talk about ourselves, talk about the impact that we have made, talk about the people we have touched and the work that we've done to make Omaha a better place. And I think we need to do better at that, and I take responsibility for that as an employee of the Omaha Public Library. But we need to go out and educate more about everything that we do and everything that we can do, everything that we could do if we had 
adequate funding. And that's why at 7 p.m. on Tuesday, August 11th, I hope mm -hmm. to see you in council chambers at City Hall. Um, that's the public hearing for the mayor's 2016 budget. The library is obviously up for discussion as part of that whole budget. So as residents of Omaha, as taxpayers, I encourage you to show up, attend the meeting. If you feel inclined and brave enough and passionate enough to speak, you have three minutes. You can read your remarks. You just have to give your name and address. Um, it doesn't need to be long if you're unable to attend the meeting I encourage you to contact your city council member um, if you don't know who that is you can find out online and send them a quick email send you can them call a tweet. us too we will look it up for you there you go <laughs> call Mickey 444 4800 call them and they'll find yeah, it for you and they'll find it for you and they can give you their email address many of them are active on social media I know Pete Festerson who represents this district is very active on Twitter so it's Chris um, Jerem as well okay he is your council member so that that's one way I think it's the library's responsibility to talk about it itself, but it's also the community's responsibility, the taxpayer's responsibility to speak up and say, we deserve more. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, our, our hope with this whole podcast, uh, in our first episode, we talked a lot about community development and, and this, this issue came up as well. And, and I hope that people are encouraged to civically get involved, right? No matter where they, they fall on the issue. Um, because that's just that's just so important, right? I mean, that that's that's the goal here is that people become more aware of what's going on in Omaha and they get involved. And not only do they use the services for the library, but um, as you said, you know, speak up, contact your congressman, you know, go to the meeting, even if you don't want to talk, just be there, show your support, right? Show up and or heck, send an email that takes you know two minutes to send an email to and say, hey, I I support this or I would like to see this happen or, or what have you. So hopefully people will will do that. And and while I'm while I'm talking about that, I just want to um, make a note again um, on our website aromasblitz.com backslash gather Omaha. We'll have contact information for all of these people, uh, their organizations. If you want to get in contact with them, uh, all that information will be there. So you can go find that after as well as some other show notes. So you can go there and get all that information. Good question, Wesson. Any other questions? Yes. I've heard uh, some rumblings of a uh, 1877 society. Um, so could you tell us a little bit more about that and maybe other ways that we could get involved? I would love to. Is it a super secret society? Yes and no. Okay. So one of the challenges that nonprofits everywhere are facing are donors aging, passing away, and a lack of younger donors um, taking their place. So when I got to the Library Foundation last year and looked around at all of the work we could d be doing, um, I looked at the Jocelyn's Young Art Patrons Program and said, we need to totally steal that idea and do it to benefit the library. Um, and so we created the, the 1877 Society last year. Um, a couple of our steering committee members are here this evening. Jessica McKay is our chair. Autumn's on the steering committee as well. And um, the goal was basically twofold. One, obviously, to create um, younger donors for the Library Foundation. Membership is a $100 annual donation to the Library Foundation. And through that donation, you receive a number of benefits. Um, you get a monthly email newsletter from us. We curate the ridiculously um, long library calendar every month. Mm -hmm. 
over a thousand events every month. I don't think I'm exaggerating at the 12 branches. So we go through, we pick out the things we think our members are interested in. Um, we provide member discounts. Um, our members right now will get a discount if they go to Maha this year. There's an example of one. We've worked with Aromas before in the past. Um, so clearly, we provide unique library experiences and events at OPL just for our members. But more importantly, outside of providing that experience and securing those new donors to the Library Foundation. It's, it's uh, creating interest in a younger generation about OPL. Uh, there's a trend of library usage, and I can certainly speak to it from experience. I used Willa Cather and South Branch growing up. I used my high school and my college libraries, and then I kind of fell away. I didn't have children, so there was no little person um, grabbing at my pants saying, let's go to the library and read books, in that exact voice. Um, <laughs> so I had kind of lapsed and fell away. And so clearly, this job has me working at the library all the time. Our office is in the main branch downtown. And I'm learning what the library can offer all ages of people, but especially that young professional group who both have children and don't have children. And so that was kind of the origin of creating the 1877 Society. It's open to people in their 20s and 30s-ish, but we don't card you. Um, <laughs> we have membership packets here if you're interested. Um, you can certainly ask me any questions afterwards if you have questions about that. The website is simply 1877society.org. You can learn more information about that. Um, and just in over a year's time, we're at about 65 members, which is great. Awesome. It's great. Yeah, we'll make sure to link to that from our site, too. Yes, uh, and I will just toss, because people always ask, why are you 1877 Society? Um, in 1877, uh, the city of Omaha levied a tax, created a board, and thereby officially adopted or, or welcomed OPL as a permanent part of the city system. There had been many false starts and stops for OPL, grassroots efforts with volunteers prior to that, um, but it was in 1877 that it finally stuck. Because when I um, rolled out the name, I got many questions from library staff who said, uh, the library did not start in 1877. <laughs> You're going to need to explain that it started earlier than that. And it it did, um, but it was in 1877 that it stuck, and it's the library we love today. It was a uh, changing world in 1877. It was. It was a changing world. A lot of like library history today. Yeah. Yeah. We're super lucky. I know. <laughs> yes. Very exciting. Good question. Any other questions? I have a question for Rebecca, if I may. Why yes? Whoa. Yes, you may. <laughs> I'm gonna think Is of a question for you. Is it a personal question? <laughs> No, it's not so, social security numbers. <laughs> so when you open in November, how can people get involved in your organization? Uh, yeah. Are you taking volunteers? Do you need are we? bodies? Why well, yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like I said a little earlier, I really feel like do space as an entity, as an organization. It's really community driven. And um, frankly, it just wouldn't be amazing and wonderful without the community. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're looking for all kinds of different volunteers. Um, you know, people who maybe have 30 minutes every week and they could say, I'd love to help somebody with tech one-on-one, -on -one, right? And that could be like troubleshooting Facebook, could be setting up a Gmail account, it could be learning advanced JavaScript. Who knows, right? So if you're kind of one of those people who you really love connecting with people one-on-one, -on -one, there's definitely an opportunity there. 
Um, also, we're going to be doing so many interesting learning events, workshops, classes, programs, you name it. Um, if you have any kind of interest in doing that, uh, we're let me know. Come and grab me after this. I'll give you my card. Um, so yeah, we're going to have a lot of different kind of opportunities to get, to get involved. So thank you. Thank you so much. Good, good question. Yeah. Hopefully, um, everyone listening to this, everyone here tonight, um, again, will we'll get involved in, in some way with um, Do Space, with the library. If you're already involved, um, maybe look for some other ways to support, as well as tell your friends, you know, and just uh, um, let your voice be heard, as well as use what's available to you, right? I mean, that, that's our goal here, is that um, not only would you support it civically, but use it, right? As we've said, you've paid for it already, so go use it. Or, the case of do space, someone else paid for it already, so go <laughs> use it. Totally free and right. open to everybody. So. <laughs> right, right. Either way, it's free, so use it. Any other questions for the evening? Awesome. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to have Autumn come up and uh, wrap up the uh, podcast for us. All right, ladies, thank you so much for being here. Can we give them a round of applause? I was an absolute library junkie as a kid. Um, I think that it provided access for me to do things that my family would have never been able to afford otherwise. I took ballet and used the gymnasium and read. I got in trouble for reading too much, so thank you, OPL, for all the things that you've helped form me into. Thank you for being here tonight. If anyone here has an electronic device with a calendar on it, would you mind pulling that out at this very moment? Because you see, what we're doing tonight is actually a monthly event. And so if you were to look at your August calendar on, on your cellular device, if we have access to that here. Um, if and if you, you were, don't, go to Benson Branch across the street when we're done. Stones throw away at the Benson Library. And on Wednesday, August 19th, we will be in the same place. We'll be talking to Julian Young that night. Uh, he is a customer of ours here. He helps run the Start Center at the Metropolitan Community College um, at the Fort Campus. He's also running for state legislature, and I think it would be really interesting just to hear what he's doing in the area and uh, to learn more about him. So we will be talking more about that leading up. Uh, I want to give a big thank you tonight to Jacob Ryan Willis with Saltwork Films. He um, is fantastic. So if anyone is in need of video of tech support for your small business or a nonprofit, Jacob's company does an incredible job and he is able to help us do things we would not be able to do on our own. Uh, I also want to thank Ariel Freed tonight. She is taking some photography, I don't know if you saw on our Facebook page, some beautiful shots of these ladies and she is doing work um, tonight as well. So we will be able to uh, follow up with some blog posts and things like that for folks that weren't able to be here tonight to continue learning about our customers and ways that we can get involved in each other's lives. So I think that's all I have tonight. Thank you all so much. Thank you to the 402 for letting us use your space tonight. Um, and we will see you all next month. All right, gang. Well, hey, that was so much fun for me. I loved having the opportunity to sit down with those three wonderful ladies and have a discussion about the information in our community and the access uh, that we have to it and how to curate that and make that even better. Uh, I'm excited for the future of the Omaha Public Library. Uh, very excited for Do Space and what is to come as that opens very soon. Uh, so I encourage you to 
go check out your public library. If you don't, uh, if you do on a regular basis, uh, ask about the other things that might be available to you. Uh, I'd encourage you to contact Mickey and ask her, hey, how could the Omaha Public Library maybe get involved in, and support my local nonprofit or my organization? And ask Mickey or ask Wendy about how you might be able to support the library yourself. And reach out to, to uh, Rebecca. Ask her about uh, what's going on at DoSpace. And I encourage you, when DoSpace opens here very shortly, keep an eye on that and, and go check it out. Go support it. Talk about it. Uh, that's a very neat, cutting-edge thing that we will have here in Omaha. And I'm excited to see what that does for our community. Thanks so much for hanging out with us again on this second episode. As I've mentioned before, you can find out more information at aromasbliss.com slash gatheromaha. We would love to have you at our third live event, uh, which will be in Benson in August, and we will have uh, Julian Young joining us, which is going to be a lot of fun. So come hang out with us for the third event. Uh, make sure you subscribe on iTunes if you hadn't, haven't already. Until next time, uh, have a great week, keep moving forward, and uh, we hope to see you soon.